International. produce trade shows, conventions, sometimes festivals for a living. I've been doing it for about 10 years now. Started right when I was 21 years old, right out of college. Been working for the same company ever since. It's crazy. Um, um, So when I was about 15, 16, my parents, they were going through a pretty nasty divorce, or it may have been like right around when they had like decided to get divorced. I don't think that it was really a good elected decision for my dad, but my mom had made the decision. It was super, super tough. They'd been together for 20 years, and um, I was definitely a daddy's girl for sure. But On the flip side of that, I also have this brother, half-brother, who is about eight years older than me. So we grew up together. It was always like a really turbulent relationship. He was very emotionally abusive, like verbally. He would definitely like make fun of me quite a bit. I was definitely an awkward child and teenager, so a little bit on the chubby side. Definitely, like, grew into myself, my body. Um, So he was never really supportive of me, and I definitely wanted to have more of a relationship with him. But he was just, I don't know, for whatever reason, he was hung up on something, but... I think it was many, many years later that I realized why, and um, it it's definitely a big bummer, but essentially, my dad was very, very addicted to methamphetamines, so he was pretty much tearing our family apart. He um, was to the point where he was selling our furniture and crazy amounts of valuable things off our front yard you know there were weird notes that were left on my car from like drug dealers I was um you know at one point they were thinking that they would send me to my mother's families um to like be protected um I don't know why at the time, like there was, I don't know to the extent of what type of trouble he was in, but it was pretty scary. And um, so juggling what was going on with my dad, in addition to this like awful relationship with my brother, they 
at some point inter- like intersected their path because my brother had come to an age where he was an adult and he of course riffraff getting into trouble um drugs alcohol you name it so I think where um where they kind of joined into the whole thing was that my dad had asked my brother to score him some drugs so my brother had gone to get my dad some meth and got busted so he got hit with a felony and pretty much my brother's like adult life was just took a very sharp turn like there was definitely still an opportunity for him to get on the right path and figure out what he wanted to do um so that really changed the course of his life so that happened that really accelerated just the like turbulence in the house and all of you know just really what was bound to happen with it all um so anyway my brother had gone through all of the emotions with you know having to go to jail and then having to deal with my dad who was addicted to drugs that was getting into trouble getting my brother into trouble and then tearing our family apart and then my brother dealing with the fact that here I was who was kind of like in the background at this point I was skipping school but I was still managing like I was still unnoticeable and um there was always just this like, well, Diana is doing so well. Why can't you be like Diana? And um, so that didn't help. So at some point, things really kind of came ahead when I think it was that my dad had gone off in one of his like week long, like disappearing. Um, who the fuck knows where he was? at that time um but my mom and I were like pretty much barricading ourselves in the house my brother would come in and out of our lives um too you know he'd go out on and binge so my dad had broken in one day to the house and um somehow that had caused some well obviously it had caused some like really big upset between my mom and I but also my brother was there and they just started arguing and getting into a fight. It was, you know, lots of fists thrown. It was, you know, a lot of shuffling around. There was blood. The cops were called and my brother was just an emotional mess. He was, you know, throwing my dad under the bus about his drug use and just the fact that nothing seemed right in the world that he ruined everything for him and it was very much ganging up on him I think at that time I was like yeah yeah he's definitely a bad fucking person um yeah so are you but I mean fucking 16 I don't know what what I'm doing um anyway so Nobody gets arrested at that point. They treat it just kind of as a disturbance in the neighborhood, but I think it was the first time that I realized that 
the cops were never really on my side or our side to begin with, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, yeah, so it wasn't too long after that that my brother had really just kind of fallen off the edge there, and um, he, I, I don't know, he was just, he'd come home, I'd be on the couch watching TV, he'd sit next to me, and he'd be drunk, um, but he'd also sit there and talk about people at the party quote-unquote that he was attracted to specifically like men um so that was kind of weird that was a new thing for me too I was like okay that's came out of nowhere but he'd cry and then he'd go to sleep and then we'd never talk about it we never did but I don't know one of those nights he was crying and he was just I don't know what happened I didn't hear him come into the house or anything, but I was laying in bed and I opened my eyes and he's standing over me with a knife and he's like holding it like he is about to just murder the fuck out of me. He's just like pouring down tears and the look in his eyes I'll never forget is just like complete despair and not necessarily hatred. I didn't see hatred at all. I just saw that he was this lost soul. And I was just frozen. I didn't know really what to do. Um, so I did nothing. And I don't know. I was like, I eventually yelled, Mom, you know, what? I don't know what's going on here. And um, he kind of came to a little bit and left the room. So. It wasn't too long after that that he tried to, like, commit suicide and try and cut himself. And, you know, by that point, my mom was just pretty unfazed by his behavior, which was just so strange to me because I still had all this compassion for him and love. And obviously now I know that it was misdirected or probably misinterpreted. But anyway, so he went to the hospital my mom refused to pick him up he was fine you know just a little bit of scratches there but um he I don't know I've been terrified of him ever since and uh I it's the situation has never been brought up between my mom and I or anybody else in the family so we've never even talked about it and I just realized yesterday that that's probably pretty fucking weird. So, um, yeah, so I think where we are now is that we've been estranged ever since then. He, um, you know, recovered from his suicide attempt and he decided that he wanted to go live with his, uh, his, his dad, um, and he lived in Florida, so he was getting some uh, payments out from a lawsuit that he got. He started getting um, annually or every few years, so he took one of those cash outs and, like, went to Florida, and um, when he left, I'll never forget it, I turned to my mom and I said, don't ever fucking give him my phone number. I don't ever want to talk to him ever again. 
and I haven't talked to him since. First, let me say, I mean, thanks for coming on and sharing that. That had to be tough to share. I mean, definitely. You know, that's, that's, I mean, that's a huge, like, you know, part of your life. Like, if part of anybody, that's a formative part of your life when you're coming up. I mean, you're 16 years old, you're, you're in high school. So, what is that, like 10th grade? Yeah. Ninth grade, something like that. Um, I don't know. I graduated high school when I was pretty young. Uh So, it was probably right around the time that I was about to graduate high school. Wow. I graduated a year early, so. So, you know, you said that you're, you you were the only girl besides your mother in that house, like the only yeah. woman, right? I mean, so, I mean, didn't, did, when your mom saw these things, it was your stepmother, uh, uh, right? No, it was my mom. Your mom, mom. My real, yeah, real, real mom. Okay. So, yeah, my brother is my half-brother. Okay. We share the same mom, not the same dad. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, cool. So, I mean, when when this when it all went down, like, what was her? I know that she locked, like you said, she locked herself in her house. But, I mean, did she was did she have a protective instinct, or did she have like a like what did I get myself into instinct, or did she make excuses? Make excuses yeah. to the max. Really? Um, you know, she. My dad was in and out of rehab for many years, and mm-hmm. he was sober for about eight years before he got into an accident where he shattered his heel. So he was on morphine, and it just was the gateway. It just, like, trickled down from there. Yeah, that so, happens to a lot of people. It's sad. Yeah. So your mom made excuses, and, I mean, and this is personal. You don't have to answer, but, I mean, you, you weren't – there was a lot of physical and emotional abuse, but I mean, did you, were you afraid of like, you know, sexual abuse too? I mean, did, cause you said your brother would sit down on the couch. He was drunk. And yeah. He was... Um, you know, it never really crossed my mind. Um, I think that of course now in my adult years, it seems like I gravitate more towards people who are or have a likeliness of my brother, which is probably an unhealthy thing. I think that's kind of Freudian a little bit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, unfortunately, I, but you know, I recognize that. Um, but no, I never really dealt with that. So. That's good. I mean, you know, like I, I, you look for a silver lining, I guess that's one, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. so like, um, I know. Well, you said your brother sat down with you and he was talking about guys that he was attracted to. Do you think yeah. part of his angst besides the fact that he, you know, was obviously a teen who now had a felony. His life's almost ruined. I mean, it's tough to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the system, you get this, you stay in the system. Do you think part of the reason is that, that he was gay? And if he was, like, how would that have been yeah. uh, accepted in your household? Could it have been like, uh, you know, your dad be like, you know, get out of here, you know, kind of deal? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely think that my brother is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, if not bi Mm -hmm. um i'm bi so i don't have any issues with it myself sure but i it would not have been accepted in our household so that could have been maybe part of the the whole like super 
Huh. But I mean, still to draw the line from anything to stabbing you I know. is just a, a, a maze of lines. Like, yeah, right. Like I we, I, I, I'm trying to get to it. Like I'm trying to understand yeah. what, what he was thinking in that moment. And, and the only thing I can think of is that, I mean, he was obviously inebriated in uh-huh. some sort of way. Yep. And I almost wonder, you know, like what was he thinking that, that he was, I don't know. What, what, what would he, what would he gain from killing you? I don't know i think that maybe it was um because i was the favorite of my Mm. my dad and they could never really sync up their relationship and come to some happy middle which Mm -hmm. is kind of funny because we couldn't do that ourselves between him and i but i really can't think of any motive that he would have or have to gain from that and so you you guys are estranged now. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time you've seen your brother? Um, the last time I've seen him was literally when he was leaving our house. Do you ever get on Facebook and just see what he's up to? Yeah, yeah. I get updates from my mom on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. She still talks to him. Um, so he lives in Florida still. And I think he's engaged. And he's engaged to an older woman who has children and you know as far as I understand he's still an alcoholic he will call my mom when he's drunk and sometimes she'll answer and listen but sometimes she won't so she has her limits too but she still enables him Mm -hmm. she enabled my dad and it just drives me crazy so he's never tried to get a hold of you oh no and and if he did um, if he did, I don't know, I'd probably entertain the idea of talking to him mm-hmm. for, but not know, in person, never him. let him know mm-hmm. where you live, something like that. No, yeah. no. I mean, I wouldn't either. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Crazy. You know, and I, and another thing I want to know is like, you know, something like that. I mean, that's got to change the way that you get into relationships now. And you said earlier that you kind of gravitate towards men that are like your brother and I would like like elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I would say emotionally closed off and mm-hmm. for some reason have like this maybe it's a secret that they don't want to share or like I could never like I've just never been able to get down to the bottom of anybody's personality. So like you your goal is your goal to get down to there or do you want to stay in this mystery zone like there's exciting and, I know, you know I go back and forth with that so much because I it's it's definitely up and down with my feelings towards relationships mm-hmm. I feel like once I start getting to a point where I have to commit to putting more of myself out there because um, these are weird fucking stories you yeah. know it's not you know conversation over dinner but anyway um, it just seems like I'm never able to really expose myself to that type of emotional commitment, but I never get that or I seem to never, or I think that I never get that to begin with Mm -hmm. from anybody that I date and it picks away at me and it just becomes almost this thing where it lowers my self-esteem because I'm sitting here thinking way too hard about it Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering why they're not being more emotional or more comforting or like understanding, but then realizing afterwards that that's just their personality, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with me. 
Yeah. Yeah. If hmm. that all makes sense, it's kind of yeah. No, I, got, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, you know, I part of the reason I do the show is because. I just, I, you know, a lot of when you're, especially in, you know, your your story, your age, thing, our experiences mold who we are as as people. I mean, yeah. that's it. If, if if we grew up in a cardboard box, like literally, or kept in a cardboard box, we would know nothing. Yeah, we would have no sense of humor. We would have no. We'd be a paper plate. It's you know true. what I mean? We'd be a cardboard <laughs> box. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and and one of the things I think that molds us the most is is fear and uh you know these situations this happens i mean you know when you think you're gonna die your body does so much stuff when you think you're gonna die and i can only imagine what it does you know what what flows through you when you think a trusted family member is gonna stab you to death in your sleep For real. <laughs> you know like yeah like that had to be you know that had to be you know you know you hear people say oh i took acid to change my life yeah yeah try staring down at the end of a knife i when, know right? <laughs> it's like it's not even it wasn't even like a big knife either it's doesn't like, need to be it's like come on fucker like at least <laughs> do some get justice. a big one right yeah. yeah like make it quick <laughs> yeah was it just like a kitchen knife it's yes. like a little serrated but it's just like holding it with both, both hands it, both hands like like at least on. you can look at this situation from the outside perspective now as an adult and laugh about the novelty size steak knife your brother was wielding I like know, a paladin i know that's why uh yeah i was like is this story even scary enough no but but isn't see, that crazy well i see i you know it, it's not if it's scary enough to you or scary yeah. enough to me it's it's your it's it's oh, it's yeah, it's, it's the first thing that pops in your head is what i want to know because when i ask people to do the show i say what is this you know what what is a moment you would never want to relive in your life yeah you know Definitely and the one. first thing that pops in your head is the answer. Yeah. Like you may think of more entertaining things or you may think of a, of a cooler story or whatever, but yeah. the first thing that pops in your head, that is the correct and that is the truth, you yeah, know? It's true. So, um, awesome. Thank you. Hey, you got any questions over there? <laughs> no, you're good. You're sick today and I feel bad about it. You're here. You're, you're trooping on. What's the saying? Is that it? Trooping? Troop? Trooping on. You're a Donald Troop. I'm proud of you over there. I'm proud of you too. Don, me? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Jeez, man. This, I need that for my parents so hard. Um, listen, thanks for having us on. What's the next? Fe- or thanks for having. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For sure. Uh, what, what's the next festival you're doing? Um, it's uh, this crazy festival. I know. Okay. Um, yeah. What are you going to do there? Um, right now I've got a mixture of projects going on and that it's just, it's a lot of dealing with very specific artists, you know, mm. très chic, mm. like coming in and having very particular taste for yeah. something that's very temporary. They so. go in, the, this is what I imagine. This guy yeah. goes in, he's got just like all black scarf mm-hmm. on. Yeah. He has a blank piece of paper. Yeah. He calls you over there. He's like, I need you to get me the most expensive coffee. Yeah. This, this certain one. I need it at 312. And when you hand oh, it to yeah. him, he just throws it on the paper. Oh, yeah. $6,000. That's art. Yeah. I hate yeah. those people. I, have, <laughs> I hate them. I, yeah. I had to quote out like a uh, eight foot long by six foot high by six foot deep like box that, um, you know, they're going to put a table in. Art. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Art sucks. I know. Right? <laughs> Art sucks. All right, guys. I love them, though. 
Good. I'm glad. And it seems like you like your job, too. Yeah, sometimes. Doing it for a long time. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Guys, thanks for listening. And uh, Diana, I really appreciate it. Thank you for yeah, coming on. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. I know there was a lot to yeah. a lot to share, so really I appreciate it. I good. Feel good. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And um, be sure to tune in next week. Something. I don't know. I don't know. We need to talk about how to end this show. What should I say? <laughs> and that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sir. International.